this episode, we're going to be discussing why we procrastinate. So this is a topic very close to my heart right now, Adrienne. I'm in the middle of writing a giant essay and find myself pushing paper around my desk or putting washing on or doing anything I can to avoid uh, the, the, the big mountain, it seems, that I'm trying to climb. And I can notice myself doing it and it feels really frustrating. So why can't I just get on with it? <laughs> well, that is the big question, isn't it? And I think there are lots of reasons. I remember when I was doing my undergraduate course, behind the, behind the cooker had never been so clean. That's my, <laughs> my, my mode of procrastination. I think there is something about having a whole day stretching ahead of us where we're going to be doing that one thing. And that feeling so difficult to fill that time, to even get started. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think um, I mentioned to you when we were talking about um, this as a topic that actually when it came to a bit of pressure at the end, when I only had an hour and a half or something left, I suddenly got some focus and thought, I have to achieve something. And, and my old flatmate used to say, I'm not going to do her accent, she's South African, but she used to say, I have to stress to progress. And that, that was really ringing true. And I thought, actually, the minute the pressure's on, somehow a bit more focus comes and, and that, that motivation seems to be there a little bit more. Absolutely. There is something about having a limited amount of time. So putting other things in our day, even if all you're doing is timetabling in the putting a load of washing on or whatever, actually mm. having things in your diary means that the empty space for writing is constrained and we're much more likely to focus in that time. That's true. I am, um, yeah, I really can't, tell you how interesting doing the ironing is or a bit more cleaning you know it's never seemed so appealing um but it isn't just about these kind of work-based tasks that we procrastinate is it there's often I think both of us um have clients who feel quite stuck in their lives with with situations that particularly around decision making where and I I recognize this as well this feeling of kind of paralysis of not being able to 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 get anywhere with with a, a, an issue or a problem can help can can leave us feeling really really stuck. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for a lot of people that comes from the fear of making the wrong decision. Yeah. So we have a we have a vision of kind of what it is we need to do or where we need to get to. We can't work out how to get there easily, and so we worry about making the wrong call and making a mess of it and then not doing anything but of course perversely by not doing anything at all that's kind of the wrong call mm, mm. and and that leads to lots of rumination doesn't it it leads to spending a lot of time in thinking about the thing um, i'm sure people can recognize this as a as a habit um particularly if that thing feels a bit difficult a bit sticky um you know we we end up going round and round in our head about all these different possibilities and actually kind of come full circle and haven't got anywhere at all except probably more stressed actually. Absolutely particularly particularly if what we're what we're needing to make a decision about is something that we don't entirely want to do or it's not really within our in our control. So I've got lots of clients who have situations where sort of elderly parents who are living in different places and what should they do about that? And trying to solve that, mm. you know, 
is is difficult because there's a push pull there are things that they feel they ought to do or they want to do and there are and there are pulls on them not to do that as well yeah so how do we you know make those decisions when they just feel like an impossible sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place type decisions um you know what can we do that might be helpful to 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 loosen ourselves from that sort of grip of paralysis a little bit. Yeah, I think it can be really hard because mm. there can be that paralysis through analysis, right? And and so all of that exploring. I love that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> I'm totally keeping that paralysis through analysis. I feel like I, I recognise that sometimes in myself, in my children, yeah, and in, in clients too. Yeah, absolutely. So we we try and we try and come up with all the possible permutations and all everything that might happen and then we can't see a way through that and when when I'm with clients sometimes what we talk about is just simply pushing at our window of tolerance and can they take a small step any small step mm. and that and letting go of that idea that what they have to find is the right first step or the whole solution or the whole solution so let's come back to window of tolerance because mm. obviously that's language that you and I are both quite familiar with um, and it may be self-explanatory, but but just to sort of clarify for anyone listening that doesn't quite understand what that is, um, is there a simple way of kind of explaining this this um, area in which we are comfortable with? Mm. I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it's our comfort zone. Absolutely. And and I think when we were talking earlier, this place in which we we sit paralysed is often what feels safe or what feels familiar and actually that place where we're happy to stay and not go outside of the confines of that's really our window of tolerance currently absolutely and actually the more we stay in that the smaller it gets Mm. because the more discomfort we feel at the edges the more we pull into I think of it as as like a, a pond and then sitting on a on a on a leaf in the middle of the pond right and 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 that pond gets smaller and smaller mm. the, the bit of it I can bear to be in gets smaller and smaller mm. without if if I don't start pushing at the edges of it and I love uh, your um your use of the word edge this is something I'm always talking with my clients at when we're doing any kind of practices that we're exploring the edges of what's okay for us and if we only ever stay within like you say, it shrinks, right? So this this ability to find where my edge is and what is it like to be here um, yeah. at the edge of what I'm okay with, what's it like to perhaps go beyond that a little bit? And of course we do that all the time. Every time we try something new or, um, you know, go on, go to something that we were a bit fearful of but end up having a really nice time or something, you know, Going beyond our edges doesn't have to be unpleasurable. Is that a word? You know, it doesn't. It have is to now. Be. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a, a negative thing. It can no. actually be something that we really want to do, but we're too scared to, for example. So, if people recognise um, that we have somewhere where we're happy to be, and that we don't grow, we don't develop, we don't try new things unless we're willing to go to those edges and perhaps beyond. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I think that kind of gives a sense of what this window of tolerance is. It's where I am currently and what I'm happy to do. 
and knowing that actually in order to well, have a more fulfilling, more enriched, flourishing life, actually pushing at the edges is what we kind of need to do, particularly when we're stuck. Yes, and, and, and as human beings, we, we're always in that state of movement. And I think part of the, part of the distress at being stuck is that, is that inability to, to feel like we are moving. So um, it, 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 that in one, in one way, it feels a comfortable place to be. Mm-hmm. And it's uncomfortable. So there is comfort in the discomfort it's familiar. Yeah. It's yeah. weird, isn't it? Because there's that fear of further discomfort. Yeah. Or, you know, from it going wrong or the wrong decision being made or something bad happening. And, you know, as an anxious person, I can very much relate to, you know, sticking to what you know because it feels it feels safer. But then you miss out on so much, don't you? So you've got to be kind of... And it takes practice, right? You've got to be prepared Absolutely. to practice, to, to, to peek at the edge, to look at the edge. And then going back to what you were saying earlier, something that's helpful is to push slightly against. Yeah. So it's not kind of ripping the Band-Aid off or mm. the Pandora's box lid and, you know, and looking at all the things that might be in there, but, but actually just a little kind of testing at that edge yeah and you don't have to stay out there either so you can you can take it you can just take a tiptoe out and see what it's like and come back and I think you know you mentioned you mentioned fear there and I think a lot of the time what holds us back is that fear of not making the right decision Mm. so we stay without making a decision in that discomfort um you know and and yet Perversely, any movement is better than none. So if we're, if we're not sure what decision to make, to take that first little step and then we can review. And it might be that all that does is it sets us off going somewhere else. Might not be the right path, but it's a path. Mm. Yeah, and, and I find that really interesting because it's that unwillingness to, to, to take any step mm-hmm. um, in case it's the wrong one but being prepared to take a step. You know what comes to mind? You know when you want to make a decision and you flip a coin? Yeah. And it flip, it goes onto the side that makes you go, oh, well then you know yeah. that actually the other decision might be the right one. And actually that act of kind of flipping the coin is what we need to do, isn't it? To mm. step into something. And if it doesn't feel like that was right, well, we can maybe step back again and go the other way. Or maybe we just take a different turn or it leads us somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There is, yeah. there is definitely something about just starting, mm-hmm. you know, and letting go of that fear of, of what is the, the right thing. When I, when I wrote essays hundreds of years ago, I would never start with the first paragraph because I couldn't. I couldn't that 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 need to create the perfect first sentence mm. would stop me writing anything so I learned to start part way through and then come back to that oh I totally did that I did the reward bit first but it was something you know there are um sort of schools of thought where you do the more difficult thing first and uh, but but sometimes that's not always appropriate and actually in this instance the bit that I just knew I could write without having to think too much meant I got words done and yeah. so it doesn't it I think it's called eat that frog isn't it yeah the, the business book yeah um but 
And I do subscribe to that sometimes. If you're sitting procrastinating, just do it. Just pick up the phone to that customer or, you know, make that difficult phone call, whatever it might be. But actually sometimes just doing doing something. Yeah. 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 Just just one thing, you know. I talk to clients about that a lot, that, that just to just to have a go at something um, is is a sense of movement and that can be really freeing. Um, and then you can kind of creep up on the on the bit that you were that you're really dreading you know and there's something about the amount of time wasted thinking about the thing that really is the the most kind of uh, upsetting thing about procrastination isn't it that actually hours are wasted in not doing that you can never get back and that haven't achieved anything Mm. at all yeah. So I love this idea. I think, you know, there's this um, analogy that if a dentist said to you, just floss one tooth a day, then actually, you know, if, if I said to you, you've got to floss your whole mouth every day, it seems like a big thing and we'd probably have some kind of resistance to doing that. But if we only had to floss one tooth a day, then it just feels that bit more manageable. And I suppose it is breaking our tasks down into you know, the big decisions into maybe small decisions. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm trying not to eat the whole mountain, but eat yeah. just a rock at a time, yeah. um, to use yet another yeah. stretched analogy. I have an elephant analogy for that. How do you eat an elephant? Yeah, one bite, bite at a time. One bite at a time, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and there are other sorts of... So that's really helpful for decisions for for stopping us procrastinating over tasks that we're not that keen on doing that we're putting off Mm. and then there are other sorts of situations where where we need to do something that isn't exactly what we want to do so we have something we need to solve or some place we need to get to where it's not ideal and then it's thinking about what are the compromises that we're prepared to make. Because if we're not prepared to make any compromises, mm. then every door stays closed to us. There's a yeah but. Exactly. Yeah, but. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's really frustrating. I'm guessing both for my client and also for, for me. Mm. Um, you know, that those, those, those yes but clients, you know, where any suggestion is not quite good enough. And yet, that means they are stuck entirely in a in a room with all these closed doors around them, and the place they want to get to, the other side of the closed doors. Yeah. And so, I'm just thinking: is there um, a sense in that? Oh, I'm going to come back to that thought because um, it's lost. But you've really made me think about. Um, that, that that is what I get from my children a lot mm. that if it's not perfect I think that's where I'm going with that mm. so there's a sense that if it's not perfect it can't be done at all um, and that limits us but it's not our fault because it's not perfect yeah so that it's almost like we're putting that self-limiting thought in place as a protection method to keep us in our comfort zone in in some respects right absolutely um Winnicott, a psychotherapist, would talk. He he was the person who talked about a good enough mother, mm. um, and 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 I take that idea of good enough and use it all over the place. And he didn't mean barely adequate. He meant doing the best you could with your available resources. So being good enough, yeah. um, and I think I think 
if we can really take that on board, then we can have some movement because we can't be perfect. We're human beings. We are by nature yeah. imperfect, yeah. right? Yeah. There is no such thing as perfection, no. is there? No. Yeah. And it might be what we're striving for and it might be it might be something to aim for, but even that can be really limiting. So if we think about what's the best I can do right now with these resources, mm-hmm. you know, and never mind what I might think down the line, yeah. you know, hindsight's not massively useful in those situations, you know, with 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 the information I have now and the resources I've got, what is the best thing I can do? Yeah. What's enough? So letting go yeah. of that. There's a whole nother podcast in here. Why why do we feel the need to be perfectionists? I can feel that one coming up. But yes, yeah, so so actually that letting go of, of that idea of how it must be. Yeah. And and what would be okay, what would be good enough and, and doing as best we can, which is a phrase that um I use with my clients all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Useful chat. I think yeah. I think that's hopefully encouraging for people who, like me, might be having a tendency to procrastinate right now, either about the big stuff or the small stuff, to to reflect on this this small step, this pushing at the edge of the the window of of tolerance and seeing how that feels yeah what it's like absolutely what's the one thing you can do mm. what's the one change you can make what's the one step yeah lovely thank you you've been listening to it's not that deep with adrienne kirk and lucy woods if you've enjoyed listening then why not subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes mm-hmm.